name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Happy Epiphany. I was reading that only 8%, 8% of people who make New Year's resolutions actually keep them. So 92% don't keep their New Year's resolution. But another interesting factoid is, is that people fail by January the 12th. So you have six more days that you have to continue until you fail, and then you'll be a part of the 92%. You'll be normal. The prophet Isaiah says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. You. Not them, them, but you. We make this personal. The light of God has come. The divine light of the word of God has become flesh and has been born and is Emmanuel, God with us. Heaven and earth have been joined. The uncreated and the created have been joined. And the light of God is filling the creation. And the end of that process will be God filling all in all, as Paul says, And there will be a new creation, and only the light and the glory and the will of God will be done. Now that's not where we are right now, because the light is still filling the earth. Still transforming the hearts of the people on the earth, but there will come a day when the light will fully engulf this new creation, and God will be glorified. Speaking of light, this morning, as I had been working on this sermon and thinking about light, I was driving to the church and I became aware that as I went east before I turned to the right to come back this direction, that the darkness was being overcome by the light. Because every morning we take it for granted that this huge amount of light just comes over that eastern horizon and totally engulfs this planet, our neighborhood, with light from the sun. It's amazing. The darkness and the shadows have no place to go. The light is so immense. And that sun is just a symbol of the uncreated light of God. That sun is just a very dim symbol. It's the most amazing thing we've ever encountered, but compared to the creator, it's a very dim symbol. But every morning this light dawns upon us, and that's what we celebrate this epiphany, the light of the world coming to us, the light of the star that the Magi followed in order to come and pay homage to the baby Jesus, the opening up of the covenant between God and his people Israel, fulfilled in Jesus, Yeshua the Messiah, that is now opened up to all the peoples of the earth. So the light is coming. The prophet says that the true light is coming to those who sit in darkness 
and in the shadow of death to guide our way into the path of peace. Luke says that Jesus came as a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of God's people Israel. In John's prologue, we know that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The light, the divine word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. And in him, in Jesus, was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, says John, but the darkness cannot overcome it. Because it's the light of God. And God's light cannot be overcome. And so those are some of the symbols, uh, some of the revelations of this epiphany season that you'll be hearing about. Now, the light of God comes in Christ. The darkness in general cannot overcome it. But specifically, that light reveals things to each person, to each person. There is a revelation for those who will accept it of our great need of God. There is a second revelation of us becoming children of God and children of the light of God. And the third revelation is, in fact, our future, our path as children of God. It's interesting that Jesus says this in John's Gospel. We think about the judgment often as something that takes place at the end of time, let's say. But Jesus, in fact, says this is the judgment. That light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For all who do evil hate the light, Jesus says, and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. Jesus says this is the judgment, that light has come into the world. (laughs) But people love darkness rather than light. And for us personally, it is a moment of crisis, crisis, judgment. When the light comes, we have to understand, are we going into the light, into God, or are we going into the darkness, into death? And that revelation is to happen to every person where they have to make that judgment. And it's a judgment on themselves, actually, of where they're going to go. But for us, for Christians, it means that we are able to stand exposed before God And know that there is darkness inside of us. That there is sin inside of us. That there are things that don't make sense, that are not right. It's not all right with us. And therefore, we understand that we have a need for God. A need for a Savior. A need for that light. A need for that path to follow. If we don't have this need, if we don't understand this need, there are saints that say you simply can't receive Christ. It is a prerequisite of actually receiving Christ who is the light, who is the divine light of God. 
St. Ignatius says humility and the repentance which comes from it are the only conditions under which Christ is received. So when the light comes and we understand the darkness in us, humility and repentance will be a part of our path as Christians all of the way until we're completely filled with the light of God and there is no darkness in us whatsoever. But that will happen at the resurrection when we are filled with the glory of God. But in the meantime, humility and repentance and dealing with that exposing light is a part of our process of transformation in this world. The beginning of the soul's enlightenment, says St. Peter of Damascus, and a mark of its health is when the mind begins to see its own sins numbering as the sand on the sea. (laughs) You have to accept the bad news before you get the good news. That's how it works. Maybe that's as simple as I can state it. So the bad news is, is that the light totally exposes us and we have to accept it and humbly receive it and begin to repent to walk into the light in order to receive the Savior who gives us the forgiveness of sins, who promises to be with us through the whole journey for the good and the bad. So this first condition, this first state of need is what is revealed. The second is, and this is how we go from sort of the bad news of the good news to the actual good news, the light has come, the word has been made flesh in order that we would become children of God, children of the light. That's our true identity. So the first revelation is this darkness. The second revelation is that's not who you're meant to be. That's not who God wants you to be. And that's what God is working to totally transform you to be a child of God and a child of the light. And that is exciting. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of of life. And then Jesus says to his disciples, and he says to us, you are the light of the world. Those are astounding, astounding words. You all are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. He says that no one after lighting a lamp puts it under a bushel basket, but on the lampstand and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. That's from the Sermon on the Mount. That's at the very core of Jesus' teaching that we receive the light of God, we become children of God, we allow that light to flow through us in good deeds and in worship and service And it has an effect on the people and the society around us. And some of those people will see those good works and actually give glory not to us, but to God, because it's God's light 
and it's God's process. <laughs> so we are conduits of the light. I have no light of my own, even though we teach kids to say this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. We, we have our human light, but it, it's, there's a, mine, mine has problems. I don't know about your light. But we are channels of the grace of God and the light of God. And we are to allow that light to flow through us and to illuminate and to create for the neighbor. And so that's how the process works. So we have the revelation of our true condition of need. We have the revelation of our true identity that all of this is to make us children of God and children of the light. And who gets the glory? God gets all of the glory for it. <laughs> so God is going to be glorified because this light is not going to be overcome. Well, the third is our future. We have a revelation of our future. And the three things that just popped into my head about this future, this, this lighted path of, of peace... Uh, this way that children of the light are supposed to walk in this world. And it brought to mind that great song, I want to walk as a child of what? The light. Shine on my heart, Lord Jesus. That's such a great song. If I had known, Rick, that I was going to preach this, uh, I'm not sure where Rick went, but, oh, there he is. Okay. Uh, I, I would have said, play this. Uh, so uh, we don't need to change anything, though, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> it's good as it is. But how are children of the light supposed to live? Well, the first thing that came to mind was this year as we begin a new year and we look forward, give thanks. Be a person of thanksgiving. Every single day. And because I was going to say that, I tried it out on myself. Because I often try out these sermons on myself before I inflict them upon you. And I said, you know, I really have so much to be thankful for. So much. I've got food. I've got more food than I can deal with. I've got clothing. I've got housing. I've got transportation. I have very meaningful work. I've got family. I've got a wife, I've got friends, I, 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 you know, you just have to stop one second and you might realize like me, you have so much to be thankful for, I have so much to be thankful for, and someone who is a child of the light is giving thanks to the God who shines on us consistently every day with the blessings of this life. So... We start this year being people of thanksgiving. The second thing is that we would be people of worship, true worship. The irony of today's gospel is, is that Gentiles from a foreign land are the first to pay homage to the King of Israel, the Messiah, Jesus, the Son of God. Did you pick that irony up? That's, that's a part of the story. That's a part of this narrative that <laughs> these Gentiles, that they're not really, really acquainted with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but they're, they're worshiping. Uh, we are people called to worship, offer 
this worship. Now, it's interesting that worship is a struggle for modern people. And attendance at worship, or even the concept of worship, is slowly escaping modern people. And I think there's really a lot of, there's reasons for that. But culturally, in the West for many years, the philosophical understanding of your identity and my identity is, is that I am an autonomous individual who is a consumer, and that puts me in the driver's seat. I make the decisions. I decide. And that's a long way from the image of paying homage to a king. (laughs) Because we don't even know about kings. We understand that we get to vote people out if we don't like them. Just get rid of them as soon as we, you know, if we don't like them, we're going to get rid of them. We'll just have to withstand them for a few more years and then we'll go, you know. That, that's because we're in charge. I'm not saying that political uh, ideology is flawed, but it does separate us from the idea that there is a God who is totally in charge. We don't have any even understanding how much we need that God to live and breathe every second And we still think that we're in charge because we've been culturally conditioned to believe that. That's why it's difficult for people to bow down to God in worship. The concept of worship is something that is just slipping away and foreign to people because they don't even understand it. So... As children of God, children of the light, we will continue to worship God. We will continue to come to the light. This is the place where we absorb the light of God. Because God's word is here and God's sacraments are here. This is the way that we infuse ourselves. This is the way we illuminate ourselves And we're generally not going to get that anyplace else in our culture. It's got to be here. So we want to be people offering worship. It's so important. And the last makes sense. It is offering service. So thanksgiving, offering worship, and offering our service. I came across this story that is really fine. Someone named Lacey found herself in a real, real jam in life. A younger person found herself pregnant. She lost her job. She had to leave her home. And she didn't know what to do. You can imagine how precarious and how alone Lacey would be feeling. She actually Googled and found Lifehouse here in Houston... And Lifehouse is a private Christian organization that totally funds by itself uh, homes for uh, young women to come to have their baby to be taken care of, to be sort of launched on a new life. And it's all free because it's children of the light who want to help other people. She Googled Lifehouse 
and she got the help that she needed. She was placed in a home. She had home parents, Christian parents, who gave her the structure that she needed to get her life in order. And they became really more of her true parents than even her regular parents, she says. And so Lifehouse has helped over 600 women and their children throughout their tenure as an organization. And the good thing is, is that you, children of the light, whether you knew it or not, through our outreach efforts, have given money to Lifehouse Houston to make this light shine on those who are struggling with that type of darkness. Arise, shine, your light has come. The good light of God in Christ is shining and the darkness will not overcome it. And it reveals our need of God, our identity as children of God and children of the light, and also our path as people of thanksgiving, people of worship, and people offering service that God would be glorified. Amen.